Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 360. I'm Sean and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our sports podcast right after this. Uh, third time's a charm. We are rolling, guys. So, uh, yeah, we had some issues uh, internally recording. That was our third intro. Uh, and I think we really hit it. We, we, we really peaked on that one. So, congrats to us uh, in the studio here. Uh, Tony, let's uh, start things off with uh, <clears throat> some uh, of your tales. Yeah, I do have uh, some tales here. Well, first off, the first tale I want to say is... Uh, that I really enjoyed. Obviously, I wasn't on entertainment last weekend or last week because I was, uh, I had been asked to sub for a bowling league that I you know I briefly talked about. And last week was supposed to be the third week of me doing it. And I drove all the way down there. It's in La Habra and I live in, you know, orange area. So with, with traffic, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, 35 minutes to get down there. And so I uh, go down there and they had what's called position week that week. And for anybody that's ever been in a bowling league and for anybody that's that they know what that is. But for the people that haven't been, it's bas- it's usually at the end of the year, but some leagues will do it in the middle of the year also. Uh, but basically it's, you know, if there's, you know, let's say 16 teams in the league, first place, place, second place, third place, fourth and so on. And so we get down there and the people who I'm bowling in this league with or who I was subbing for. I think this is their first time being in a bowling league. Like they're still new to a lot of things. So they don't understand, you know, a lot of the rules. So we get there and they put my name in and all of a sudden on the intercom, you hear the, uh, the guy at the front desk say subs are not allowed to bowl on position week night. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Cause I love bowling. I love bowling leagues. Like I was in them for a long time before uh, the long seasons too, the ones that go from like September to March and stuff like that. And they're a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so I went all the way down there and wasn't allowed to bowl. And I was like, well, shit, I'm already down here. So I had a full drink at the time. So I just went into the bar and, you know, it's your typical, uh, bowling alley bartender, like some girl that's, uh, in her like, you know, late forties, early fifties or something like that. But, you know, has, uh, been drinking and smoking and bartending for the last 30 years of her life and potentially could have been hot at one time, but you know, the abuse of substance has made them not as, you know, Pretty as they probably could have been, but that's nor here nor there. I, she's still a very nice lady. And I sat at the bar top with her and we chatted for a bit and I watched, uh, the USC and Arizona college basketball game, which, um, you can always listen to our takes about sports on the sports episode if you are uh, into sports. But I also wanted to say that I did listen to, um, the entertainment one and like the beginning of the, what you guys were talking about had me laughing pretty good about, uh, Forget exactly some of the stuff, but I know Andy brought up Bill Murray coming in, which obviously from the movie Kingpin, which is pretty funny. But uh, the other thing I wanted to like just touch on was that, uh, so this last Friday, this is actually kind of a question for, for you guys, but it's sort of like kind of like just my thoughts on things too. So last Friday, I went to a, a funeral, had a family friend of ours that passed away, one of my dad's and mom's friends that um, he was 73 years old or uh, passed away from uh, dementia. So, you know, he battled that for like, you know, five or six years. Uh, it was a long time motor cop in Santa Ana and whatnot. So it was, uh, I, we got over there. So the service was at 10 a.m. at a mortuary church or whatever in, uh, downtown Santa Ana, like off 17th Street. And they have this, uh, police like banquet type area that's basically like almost connected to it, like right next door, like, um, 
Actually, I guess it was across the street. So yeah, it's uh, across the street, but it's right there. And, you know, at this point now, the funeral started at 10, you know, it's actually, well, it's supposed to start at 10, didn't really start to like probably like closer to 10, 20 or so. And then lasted about an hour. And then when it was done, you know, we go to this thing across the street next door. So around this time, it's like 11, it's like 1145 noonish, but it's, it's a Friday, but it's, you know, still kind of early in the day. And it's, so what I, my question was to you guys was that there's, you know, there was like a little, a little tiny, like open bar area, like, you know, a small, like basically pour it yourself drinks and so not really like a bartender. And then a couple coolers. And the funny thing is, is like, I'm one of those people that I kind of like look around to see like, okay, who's gonna grab a beer? Who's gonna grab a drink? Like, am I wrong for grabbing a beer or a cocktail at 11.45 on a Friday? I mean, I don't know. And so like, my question to you guys was like, in that situation, do you guys jump in to grabbing a beer in that situation? Or do you also kind of look around to see who's doing it or who's not doing it? Or what do you guys think? I think, yeah, I would be uh, the second person to j- put, you know, to jump in the pool, if uh, if you will. I don't, I suppose it depends on the proximity of the person to me that we're there for. And yeah, that's true too. You know, if yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm in the, you know, premiere six then sure but if yeah I'm, i mean i was close with this family especially when i was younger but even like recently i would still you know i still communicate with them here and there but so yeah i was but it's funny because it is one of those things where i feel like i don't know if you guys can relate to this but it's like you know i was there with one of my uh, a buddy of mine because my dad couldn't make it and he was uh he was he was close with the family too and i uh, and i kept asking i was like you going to grab a drink? You know, I was like, you going to grab beer? He's like, oh yeah, I might in a little bit. But it was like, it was funny because that's all he said. And then one of um, his dad's close friends showed up who I also know really well. Actually, I'm in a fantasy football league with him. He's a buddy of my dad's as well. And he goes, oh, Ryan, I see you've lost like 20 pounds. I'm so proud of you. Looks, I saw you haven't been drinking this month. And I'm like, bro, you could have just told me you weren't drinking. He's like doing dry January. And I'm like over here, like, you're going to grab a beer. You're going <laughs> to grab a beer. And it was like, dude, you know, I understand like what, you know, a lot of people I know do dry January. So like you could have just told me, Hey, I'm not drinking this month. But, but then the other guy who was, uh, was, is a friend of mine who was, uh, it was his dad who passed away. He was like diving in, of course, and was like, yeah, go and get some beer. So it was like, long story short, I ended up having like three of the neutrals, which I never had before, but they're like, you know, four and a half percent vodka seltzers, but pretty good flavor, actually. It wasn't, wasn't too bad, but no, I was just curious, like, cause I feel like in those situations, it's kind of like, you know, you just think like, you know, it's, it is a Friday, but it's also like, you know, it's before noon or it's at about noon. So I'm like, do you, you know, it's kind of like being at an airport though. Well, at an airport, I, I, that to me is you're in a, you're basically at the casino when you're at the airport. It's like a time doesn't matter. I think yeah. it depends on what the volume of drinks there are. You know, sometimes you're, if you're too, somewhere yeah. where there's like, they have it there because they feel like they have to have a little something, but it's like iced tea and sodas and stuff. And then it's like, hey, we have three Michelob lights. You know, yeah, I'm no, not going to be the guy. I, I'm that. pretty like, sure like the. If they have a whole spread of different liquors and stuff. Then so what they had was I've on heard. the. They had a little table set up, which was like a pour it yourself, like cocktails. And it was like a bottle handled like tequila, vodka, and I think some Crown Royal. So, I mean, they definitely oh, gave you that. these guys are play. Yeah. And then they had two coolers, but one was like water and sodas. And then the other one was the beer cooler. And you could tell it looked like somebody probably put in like a 36 block of Coors Light. But then like someone brought like a six pack of neutrals or something. Or maybe they just took it from home. Because I feel like I was the only one that had the neutrals because I had three of them. And it was like. I think there was there. It must have been a six pack because I don't think there was that much. I think other people maybe caught on that. 
they were in there. I don't know. But yeah, I was just curious. See, I my grandpa's funeral was at a bar. Like, we're at a church, but then, like, afterwards at a bar. And, like, that just kind of removes any sort of yeah anyone feeling yeah you know, weird about it. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to. Andy's grandfather's funeral, I'm picturing uh, Donald Sutherland at Beer Fest. Yeah. <laughs> the hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was, you know, an, an Irish pub that, you know, we've been going to for, you know, it's only proper. You listen Speaking to of Irish pub, dirty old town. You know St. Patrick's Day will be here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about our uh, corned beef when we make it. Mm-hmm. I feel like St. Patrick's Day is on like a Sunday this year because it's leap year. And it I is. feel like it was a Friday last year. That's right. I'm going to be gone that weekend anyway. I forgot I'll be in Vegas actually for a bachelor party. Celebrating. All right. Well, we're going to move on then if that was all you had, Tony. Uh, yes, that was okay. all I had. So, uh, Kanye West, he, I feel like he's been kind of out of the news for a minute, maybe. Um, oh, he's back. Um, he is a fan of 007, uh, specifically Jaws, one of the uh, henchmen uh, from, you know, back in the day. He also was in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Jaws had some big old chomper teeth, you know, some like metal teeth. I think Andy would love that. But um, Kanye West went uh, above and beyond and he got... 850 grand worth of titanium teeth. Now, uh, allegedly, he had his teeth removed and these put in their place. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen photos of this, but it's just basically like a, a... It almost looks like he's wearing a mouth guard. Like, it's just solid. There's no division of, you know, a, a molar or a lateral sizer or anything like that. It's just one row of, of teeth uh, of titanium. <laughs> Um, reading articles about this, a lot of dentists and doctors are nervous, uh, that they like grinded his teeth to look like Shane McGowan's teeth, uh, speaking of past, uh, Irish legends. Um, and then from there they glued this titanium bar into his mouth, uh, which will lead to infection and a lot of complications because your teeth do move and that'll, you know, mess with the glue and this and that. So... Weird, uh, very bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like he did this a couple years ago, too. But I don't know. I don't know. Why is it cool to put, like, diamonds in your forehead or, you know, how about giving 850 grand to a charity? <laughs> how about that flex? Um, but hopefully he's okay. I, I don't know. Sounds like he kind of flew the coop uh, recently. Maybe he'll settle down. I don't know, but I, I thought that was pretty weird, so I, I, I wanted to talk about that. That definitely is a little weird. I mean, he's yeah. been crazy for yeah, a long time now. He's so got, like, true. CTE also somehow or something. But, like, he has, like, you know, episodes where he gets, like, overly weird or crazy. I mean, the, right. whole, the teeth thing is a thing that people do, you know, but it's usually with materials that are safe and people know what they're doing. But yeah. I don't. I mean, this stuff was gonna go towards a, a shaft on a driver, and then it got repurposed to his teeth. So, all right. Well, um, there's probably some titanium on on board here. Uh, this Saturday, as you're listening, uh, is the maiden voyage of the largest cruise ship ever yet constructed. 
the uh, Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas. Have you guys seen imagery of this? It, it, Is Shaq on it or anything like that? He'd be tiny on it. Now, he's a carnival guy. Uh, this thing uh, landed in Miami where it's going to be, uh, you know, its main point of, uh, you know, home, its main port uh, for the foreseeable future. But it's going to do week-long excursions into the Caribbean and this and that. They're also planning on bringing another one of those Icon of the Seas out this way. Royal Caribbean famously hasn't been at the Long Beach dock for years or decades at this point. But they're they're coming back. So just to put this into perspective, the average cruise ship is around 3,000 people. This is 5,600 people and 2,000 crew, over 2,000 crew. It is over four football fields long. It has 20 decks, and uh, it starts at about $2,000 a person for a week-long excursion. Mind you, this includes food and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they also have penthouse kind of uh, family houses on here that start around 50000 Um to live in forever? No, just for the week. Wow. This thing is gigantic. Um, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, it's it's got, you know, bars, it has a surf area, it has it has everything. Hundreds, you know, dozens of swimming pools, hundreds of different things you can go do. It it's crazy. I haven't been on a cruise in I don't know, 14 years, 12 years, something like that. Certainly not anything this size and cruises i think are fun uh when they're done properly don't go budget uh because it's not going to be good and you're going to get sick but food's usually really good and entertainment's fun and you get you go somewhere on it so your hotel's moving which is cool but this is crazy it it, that's just look at a a picture of this thing or a video it's gigantic so that's that sale and uh goes every week Uh, they even do a new year's eve cruise uh where you can be on the boat for new year's so that one is a kind of expensive, I believe, but check it out. All right, Andy, the Oscars were announced, uh, I think, yesterday morning or today morning. This has been a weird week for me, and it's only Tuesday, so I don't know what day I watched that, but they announced it. It, it was this morning. It was uh, this Tuesday, morning. Tuesday, okay. the 23rd, yes. Um, Yeah, so, you know, they come out, people have their things that they get upset about, but... Uh, Go over some of the bigger ones here. So, like, Best Picture. Uh, it's been 10 nominees for a while now. So, there's 10 nominees here. Uh, so, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. So, I've seen eight out of those 10. I've not seen Maestro, which is a Bradley Cooper's movie on Netflix. And then uh, the Zone of Interest is a foreign film that's kind of hard. I don't think it's hard Never to see. Never heard of that. It's a movie about uh, Nazis and stuff, so it's, you know, probably not the most pleasant watch. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see American Fiction. I like that movie a lot. I uh, watched that last month. I uh, didn't think that would be a nominee here. And then, uh, yeah, Past Lives, a 24 movie from the first half of the year. I don't think they were expecting that to be really a... Oscar nominee if they're releasing it in you know May or something, but uh, that's good for them. And then yeah, the two the two big ones, Barbie and Oppenheimer, both uh, best picture nominees. I think Oppenheimer will end up winning. Um, now that it'll be close. Oppenheimer uh, will be on uh, Peacock February fifteenth. By the way, yes. Um, best director 
Uh, so Justine Triet for Anatomy of Fall. It's another foreign film that's one of my favorites. So uh, cool to see this, you know, French person get get nominated here with some of the uh, the greats here. Uh, Martin Scorsese, I think he uh, set the record now for most nominations, most best director nominations. So good for him. Uh, Christopher Nolan, who I think is going to win this, and then uh, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and uh, Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. And then we got yeah, Best Actor, Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo for a movie called Rustin, I haven't seen, uh, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, uh, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. So I uh, think Killian Murphy's going to win this. He won the the Golden Globe. I think it's uh, it's going to be him. And then uh, Best Actress, Annette Benning for Nyad, another Netflix movie I have not seen. Uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, a German uh, for Anatomy of Falls, Sandra Huller. So she was very good in that movie. Uh, Carrie Mulligan and Maestro and Emma Stone and Poor Things. Uh, probably come down to between Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone. So they, they both won the Golden Globe because they had that separate categories there. Um, and then supporting actor, uh, always, always a fun category because there's just a lot of interesting people in there. Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction. He was uh, very funny in that movie. Robert De Niro, De Niro Killers Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. Probably going to win this one. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Probably the best part of Barbie, I would say, uh, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. So, uh, and then supporting actress, you have Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, America Fer- Ferreira for Barbie, uh, Jodie Foster in Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdover. So, uh, she won the, the Golden Globe. I think she'll win this category. Um, America Ferreira was a surprise for people. You know, she was. She wasn't Barbie. She was in that movie. She was uh, a very important character, but she was not playing uh, a Barbie at all. Um, and some, there's been a lot of discussion of over that character, whether it was uh, effective or not. So, um, yeah, some people unhappy about that nomination, especially because, uh, you know, Barbie herself did not get a nomination. Mm. Um, and also the director of Barbie, uh, Greta Gerwig, did not get nominated. So uh, for that to be the one, one of the big ones that to get there. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the actual awards will be March 10th. Uh, it'll have, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel. He'll, he's back. Um, and yeah, my, my expectation is, is Oppenheimer is going to clean up here. Probably win a lot of the, uh, you know, technical stuff, you know, best sound and everything like that. Uh, best editing. Um, but be a big year for Christopher Nolan. You know, he hasn't yeah. had a lot of good movies, very important director. Makes a lot of money, but has not been really awarded yet, and I think this will be his his big his big night. Um, so yep. yeah, good for him. Pretty good. All right, uh, WWE Netflix, Andy. Yeah, so this is a an important story in the world of business entertainment or the business of entertainment. Uh, WWE Raw is going to Netflix, so. Uh, that's a big change because so right now the WWE has stuff on it's on Peacock, but it's also on regular TV. Netflix doesn't have like a TV station. So like, you know, like all the other streamers will have, you know, ABC or something or you said like Peacock is NBC, which owns USA Networks. I believe all the wrestling is on the USA Network still, um, but Netflix is just Netflix. So and Netflix has not had a lot of like live events. They did that uh, Chris Rock like comedy special. Um, I think they aired some award show last year. So uh, this is much bigger than either of those. Like this is going to be a recurring every week, Monday Night Raw on Netflix. So this is 
Uh, I think this is the future. It's eventually we're just not going to have cable TV. We'll just have streaming services. Um, and so they kind of have to figure out what do you do with stuff like this? Uh, and the answer is Netflix will pay a lot of money to get wrestling. So, yeah, big change for, you know, the industry. Now, it's not like I'm going to go watch WWE Raw or anything, but just uh, I found it interesting. Especially because, you know, why wouldn't they sell the rights to Peacock? Because they're really all in on all that wrestling stuff right now. I never but. really got into watching wrestling as a kid like the WWE. I remember having like some action figures oh, yeah. and stuff, but I never sat around and watched it. I couldn't even tell you like what nights it was on or anything or what channel. So I believe Raw has always been Monday night and then they do another one, I think, on Thursday night. That but, yeah, sounds right. I'm thinking back to it like... You know, they compete against Monday Night Football every week, but I think well, wrestling is usually later. It was, yeah, if it was, is it like spring and summer or something? Or No, it's every week. I mean, oh. It's, it's year-round. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, they might take weeks off, but it's, you know, it tours the country. So. Hmm. All right. Um, how about a prequel to a movie I've had on my list I've still never seen, The Book of Eli? Even I I've mean, seen this, Sean. It's it's an it's pretty old now. I think it's uh gotta be over ten. It's gotta be over ten. Yeah, over ten years old. Uh, Denzel Washington uh, action movie. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun movie back in the day. Uh, and just kind of well, that's it. it. You made one movie, it's over. Uh, but not not anymore. Uh, they are uh, trying to make a prequel series. So again, Denzel Washington. Can't really do action as well, although, you know, Equalizer is still out there. Andy, he's um, coming off of Gladiator 2. Come on. Well, I don't know how much action he's going to be doing in that. We but, don't know yet. We'll um, see. So they are doing a prequel series instead. So uh, before he has the book, I, I don't know. Uh, but John Boyega will be taking over the character. So, uh, you know, this, from Star Wars and other things, uh, I think that'll, that could be fun. Uh, but this will be a series and not a movie because everything needs to be a series. Oh, boy. So, is this HBO uh, then or what? Uh, it, it says there's no network attached, but, you know, they have a lot of interest from different people. So uh, still, yeah, in the works. Not 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 made, not actively developed or anything. But uh, sounds like they got a team, you know, the original writers and everything. And, uh, you know, John Boyega is a big name. He's not Denzel, but he's, he's not like a, a random pulling off the street. Yeah, well, we'll see what comes of that. All right, this one I'm very interested to, to learn more about. Jurassic Park rebooting or what? Are we yeah, doing I want to know more about this, but they said they're they're going to make more Jurassic Park movies, but it, a full-on reboot in the sense that none of the returning characters from either timeline, so no Chris Pratt or no Goldblum, just starting fresh are with something sure else. Are we sure Goldblum's not going to weasel his way in here? I mean, maybe he should be the one person they bring back, but I think I um, feel like he'll figure out how to be in there. Like, you know. yeah, I don't, I don't know what this means. Is it like full on different universe, or is it just more Jurassic Park? Because where did we leave the last one? They were all all the dinosaurs were in the the Alps or something. Like, it was weird. Um, but so David kept the original screenwriter of the first movie is. Uh, going to be heading this project, and he has he has an interesting resume. He's just a, a Hollywood screenwriter, tons and tons of credits of very different genres. Uh, Jurassic Park is one of his his first things, though. Um, and he yeah, he's the, the screenwriter on Jurassic Park and The Lost World, uh, and and none of the other ones. But so he, you know, I don't know. He had the pull to, to take over this. I'm I'm not sure, but you know, everything needs to be a franchise. So I, I think it makes sense that they'll just What's- keep making these. <laughs> What's strange, and I have no 
explanation. I usually would hate the idea of, oh, let's ruin another franchise. This one, I want to see Jurassic Park a million different ways. I want every different story that potentially could be told to be told. I, I, I This one specifically, I don't know. Because at the end of the day, the original still exists, so you can go watch that if any of the new ones suck. The ones that have been, you know, been cranked out lately, they're fine. They're not the original. They're they're not the Vince Vaughn Jurassic Park, so they're fine to watch. But the original still exists, and I, I go back and watch that. I feel like almost yearly at this point. Um, so I'm all for it. let's 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 let a rip. Let's you know the studio uh, executives, you know, sink your teeth into this thing and and just you know cha ching. I want to watch all of them. Maybe it'll change my mind if they keep making crap, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I think a lot of people would say the ones that came out recently were crap. So I liked uh, them; they were fine. Well, how, how many did come out with Chris Pratt? Three, three. Yeah. I watched. I saw one of them in theaters, but yeah. just whatever the first one was. Yeah, what, I was going to ask you, where, where are you at with Jurassic Park now? Right? I mean, I've seen, I've, I've seen, seen the first now, right? one now, but I mean, and I, I know I saw it like probably as a kid. I just don't remember. But I mean, I can't really recall saying that I've. I don't know. Like I, I none of them like are in my memory. I don't want to get bummed out with animals getting killed by lava, and I certainly don't want to get bummed out by humans being pieces of shit. Uh, you know, human trafficking these dinosaurs. Let's get the Liam Neeson side of it taken out. No pun yeah, intended. No more. And let's just have some stuff. fun with it. Come on. Why do we have to go nitty gritty? Everyone's an asshole. Let's have an uplifting, fun movie. It could be fun. These dinosaurs are killing people. That's fine. But people killing dinosaurs, it's like killing a dog or an animal. That that makes you a piece of shit. But people dying by an animal, that's just nature. They have to be bad people, too. Of Well, yeah. Most you people are bad. Poachers and stuff. And it's like, all right. The lawyer. The get them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I'm not mad at this at all. I think it's kind of fun, and I, it's just some fun thing to watch. I don't. I don't know this. This one, I have an interesting take on. Usually, I'm all for keeping these things in the Disney vault. Let's not let these greasy executives get their hands on it. But this one, let's let it rip. Let's see what they can do. All right. I uh, want to talk about Polly Shore. I always do. <laughs> um, so Encino Man uh, came out in 1991. Very fun film. I know Polly Shore is in the news uh, or has been the last last week. Uh, There's some noise last week about him doing something, uh, playing Richard Simmons in something that he really, he really wanted to do. Um, and I mean, are we Richard sure Simmons, that's not his dad? I think he has a dad. You know, somebody sure. Um, I would assume um, they look yeah, very similar. Richard Simmons, I think, is still alive. Remember, he went missing. I think he's, uh, you know, secluded up in Arrowhead. I actually I listened to a Polly Short podcast maybe in December, and he was saying he's you know trying to get this guy to sign off on this. He can't get in touch with him, and whatever you know contact he's had, the guy's like no. Yeah, so uh, Richard Simmons doesn't didn't want this to be made. Or he doesn't want the project to be made. And uh, I guess kind of as a, a test run, uh, they made a short film. So Polly Shore is in a short film playing Richard Simmons. Uh, you can watch it now. It is called The Court Jester. And it is like Richard Simmons going on like the Ellen show. And then there's like a producer there who's 
uh, a weird guy or something. But I, I mean, I watch it. It's like five minutes long. Um, it's on but it's YouTube like, okay. or where? Uh, you could probably see it anywhere. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, I don't know. I, I assume I watched it on YouTube. But um, yeah, it's called The Court Jester. Again, if you want to look for it. But if you just search Polly Shore, it's not like there's a million things to, to <laughs> a million bits of news. You'll find it pretty easily. Um, and I'd say, yeah, I guess he's fine in this role. Like you said, the, the, the resemblance is there. And it's such a imitatable character because it's just a larger than life figure. Yeah. Uh, Richard Simmons was. Kind of high voice. Um, but like, yeah, I think it, it is tough. They don't need his permission to do this. He doesn't have to sign off on it. Um, but I think they do want his blessing, but he's just not going to give it. Even if, it, even if the intentions are pure and they want to show what a great guy he, he was. But and, wasn't he also like, uh, we need to send a welfare check. Is, is his caretaker taking advantage of him kind of a thing? Wasn't that going on a few years ago? I think so, but so, I don't know what the, the story is. Yeah. Now. Did that ever get solved or anything? I don't know. I mean, he's alive. They're saying that it must have because I feel like otherwise it'd still be a, a, a thing that comes up when you hear that guy's name. Yeah, because this was kept track. easily four or five years ago. I feel like. So he's seventy-five years old. I don't know. I would have felt he was older. Yeah. Because he was one of those guys who seemed like he was sixty-five in nineteen ninety-two. Because <laughs> he was, he did like here's fitness for old people. Yeah. Uh, but guess not. Well, yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll do this, and maybe this will, maybe we'll see Encino Man two because of this. You know, I don't think so, but <laughs> probably I don't know what you Brandon do, Frazier anymore. Yeah, who are you, who are you putting in the ice for twenty years? That's a fun movie. Yeah, they All right, can't uh, they can't ride that ride in Magic Mountain. I believe that one's closed now. So is it the closed? I don't know if you can do it backwards. <clears throat> the Magic Mountain ride? Did you say the ride that they go on? In that movie. What oh, was I was saying the Magic Mountain itself is closed right now at Disneyland. No. I know that. Oh, it did close. Yeah, there's something happened. There's too much well, rain or something. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I think they the said rain. it was racist. What? And what? They're, they're redoing it. I'm being serious. The whole. You're talking about Splash Mountain. Oh, what'd I say? We're talking about Magic Mountain. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Splash Mountain. <laughs> Magic Mountain. The whole park is racist. So I take, <laughs> I take it you haven't seen Encino Man. I haven't, actually. Yeah, so they ride the. I don't even know what it's about. Colossus or something in reverse. They ride the Viper. The Viper, that's what it is. Yeah, it's got like six so it, loops in a row or something. Tony <clears throat> and Sino Man, uh, they live obviously in Sino. They're high school guys. They're putting a pool in, and they unearth a perfectly preserved in-ice Iceman, and they put him in the garage, this you know slab of ice, and it melts because it's Southern California, and out comes Brendan Fraser. He's a little dirty. He's got some nasty kind of hair, but they give him a bath, and he's you know a, a middle or a middle aged, I guess at the time, caveman. But he's a teenage ca- uh, person, and he goes to their high school. He learns to drive. He goes to a Mexican bar. It's a ton of fun. It's a wonderful film for a, a kids movie. Yeah, and then at the end, they find a cave woman, and it's like, hmm, what are the implications of this? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm I'm eight. And I had a lot of fun watching this. It does seem like a movie out of... It's fun. It's it's very dumb, but it's very fun, especially when you first watch it as a (laughs) 12-year-old. Well, yeah, he he wheezes the juice, of course. Even the TV guide only gave it 25%. Hey, buddy. It's Uh, good. Yeah, ignore the TV guide. They know what they're talking about. That's why they don't exist anymore. Oh, they said... uh, Overseas, they uh, California Man oh. is the title. 
because they don't know what Encino means. They're like, yeah. what? Like, yeah, oh, it's a, it's a town said, in the San Fernando it Valley. It says the name California is more globally recognizable than Encino. That's why the Angels are no longer in Anaheim. <laughs> Tarzana Man. That would that would go well. That would have been a good one. Yeah, Thousand Oaks Man. That just sounds like it'd be Groot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, should we get off of Pauly Shore in this project that may or may not happen? Uh, but there is a short you can check out online. Let's talk about uh, Jason Reitman on uh, SNL. So Jason Reitman, the uh, the director of you know the last Ghostbusters and a, and a bunch of other stuff, uh, he wants to make a Saturday Night Live movie, not like a movie about a character like Wayne's World or something, but a movie about the origins of Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, Lorne Michaels and those people, uh, set in 1975, and uh, you know he. His dad would have been involved, so Ivan Reitman was you know, around that time making movies and working in Canada. Lauren Michaels was from Canada, so you know I'm sure he has the ability to talk to a lot of important people from that time period. So um, I don't know how interesting that story really is. It's just like, oh, Chevy Chase is here and he's a dick. Like, cool, but he well, couldn't have been uh, a dick at the time. Oh, I think he always was. Yeah, yeah, don't so. people say Chevy Chase is a dick? Don't oh, yeah, they, like no, not like him at all. Well documented. Yeah. I just figured he was a dick that's, now. That's so crazy to me to think because like. Uh, Clark Griswold is one of my favorite fictional characters, I think. And it's just a bummer to think that, like, in real life, that guy's actually just an asshole. Like, what makes him, like, what's documented about? Like, what makes him an asshole? Like, what has he done in the past? What have people, like, said well, that community, he does? Or- he was a problem child, right? Yeah, I know in, like, community, he would, like, he, he would be racist because his character was racist. But it was, like, oh, he's an old guy. He doesn't know better. And then he would actually do racist things. Be like, that's what you want me to do because you think I'm racist. Like, no, it's the character... And just be kind of mean to people on set. And I, I, I thought I know that's where like, it all started, though. I didn't know. Oh no! A, like a menace he, like, before. Bill Murray tried to fight him on Saturday Night Live. Like you think, like oh, him and Bill Murray, they're probably friends, right? Caddyshack and everything. Like no, Bill Murray hated him, and they like fought backstage. And I believe Chevy Chase got banned from SNL temporarily. Whoa! Um, because of that. But well, you mess with just, one Murray, you mess with them all, and there's like fifty of yeah. them. So. Is there really that many? The Murrays? entire cast of Scrooge is coming after. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. I think this could be good. I mean, it's got to be, it's going to be funny. I kind of picture it, cause, I guess, because they're Canadians, but kind of like the Blackberry story. Yeah. I don't know. Why well, not? So what's interesting is they made they made a movie like five years ago, maybe longer on Netflix, um, that's about the founding of National Lampoon. And there's just a ton of crossover there because a lot of the people that worked on National Lampoon ended up being the people hired to work on SNL. Um, so, like, all those people are in that movie. Um, I cannot remember what that was called. Um, with Will Forte, I will find it. But it was pretty solid. And while you're looking um, for that, uh, I don't know if we've ever spoken about this on the pod, but Andy's house is kind of like the, I don't know, like Joshua Tree or something. Andy, I'm watching a, a pincher bug. I think a pincher bug. He walked from your carpet square, and he's going towards your DVDs. All right, that's fine. Yeah, they exist. It's just funny. He's on the road. He's got his bags packed. He's moving. Hopefully, he doesn't walk into a spider's den because that'll be trouble, but I'll watch all of it firsthand. Well, back to what I was saying. Uh, in 2018, a movie called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture that uh, came out directed that's by David Wayne. the name of it? That is the name of it, starring Will Forte as Douglas Kenny, the, uh, the founder of National Lampoon. And yes, at... He started a, there's a National Lampoon radio show featuring Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, and Gilda Radner. And it says, 
Lorne Michaels bought them all out to start Siren Live. So, Interesting. Um, he also was the writer of Animal House and Caddyshack and then, uh, you know, sadly died early. Um, but that's a, yeah, it's a solid movie and it's just like a bunch of people doing impressions of people you know. You know, there's Harold Ramis, John Belushi. Those are all people. They're not in the movie, but people are playing them. So it's funny that it's like probably a lot of crossover if this movie gets made. Yeah. I would a lot of the same so. stuff. All right. Well, we have one trailer uh, for Hitman. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this uh, Richard Linklater movie with uh, with Glenn Powell. Uh, was showed at a festival this fall, and Netflix paid $20 million to get it. And uh, they're finally putting out June 7th. You can uh, watch the trailer now. I'm sure there'll be a more trailer coming out later. But it's like, that's, that's a long way away to wait uh, for a movie that's already done. But uh, at least we do know it is coming out. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. So June seventh. Well, we're gonna get into what we've been watching, but before we do, that portion of the pod is brought to you by our good friends at thecliplessleash.com. Head over to thecliplessleash.com and pick up the dog leash you didn't know you needed. This leash works with the dog's current collar or harness. And when you plug in promo code Tony. That is T O N Y. They're going to give you 65% off at checkout because they're friends of the pod. So head over to thecliplessleash.com and pick up the dog leash you didn't know you needed. All right. Um, I have one. Uh, I only have one also, and I watched it with Andy. I didn't uh, was going to talk about it last week, but wasn't here. But yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't been you know really hanging out at the house much, and we don't have much any anything really over there anyway. So yeah, I don't uh, I don't watch too much. Uh, as much movies as I'd like, probably. So, yeah, just one for me. What do you have, Andy? I got three. Oh, not too bad. Well, you want to start us out? Yeah, I'll just go with the Fargo Season 5. Finished this last week, and uh, it was it was fantastic. And I have to say, every time I talk about Fargo, I have to say, like, you don't need to watch any other season. If you're like, yeah, I, I want to see that. I think I like John Hamm. Uh, you can just watch this one, and there, this one I think even had like very little references to other stuff. I mean, it, the whole the whole idea is it takes takes place in the same region and not even the same city necessarily. There's usually something going on in Fargo or some reason they're passing through Fargo, but uh, yeah, little connection in this one. And this one is a a modern one. It takes place in 2019, but uh, I thought it was I thought it was wonderful. Definitely, uh, it's hard to say to rank the seasons. I don't want to say it's like well, it was. It's definitely one of the five best seasons of Fargo because that's uh, factually true. But uh, it's it's very worth watching. Uh, like I said, you don't it's like you don't to, you don't want to catch up. If you're like, oh, that sounds interesting, you don't need to go and catch up. You can watch the ten episodes uh, right now on Hulu. Hmm. So strong recommend for me. All right, um, I can do mine. I'll be pretty quick. I finished. Season two of Reacher on uh, Prime. I liked the first one. I liked it a lot. Um, season two was good. They He got very roided up. He looks just like a big brick now. Like his face is enormous. So that was kind of weird. Um, but it's a good story. Good enough. Um, you know, someone close to him died and they're trying to solve it and all that kind of stuff similar to the first one uh, this one does have a Terminator in it though so that's kind of fun Robert Patrick uh, 
You also see a Dominic Lombardozzi. You know him as a, he always classic plays, HBO guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. He plays a bad guy typically. Um, it's still fun. It's uh, I think like ten ish, nine or ten episodes. Let me get the account for you. Eight episodes. I, I take it back, but yeah, it's it's a pretty quick watch. Then they're all about an hour, and uh, they're trying to solve a, a murder. And um, yeah, it's good. There's a lot of you know action in it, and uh, they're making more. So check it out on Prime Reacher. Yeah, I think they've already confirmed a season three for that as well. So uh, why not just do a new a new mystery, a new town? Reacher's got to beat people up in. Exactly. Seems like just an easy formula. Takes the bus. Owns a toothbrush and shops at the Goodwill. <laughs> Throws out his old clothes, gets new clothes, is good to go. Yeah. All right, well, I'll do my next one here. Yeah, because then we can do ours together. Yeah. Uh, True Detective Night Country. So this uh, started a couple weeks ago. Two episodes out as of last Sunday. Uh, it is all new behind-the-scenes people. So, I mean, you know, True Detective, new characters every season. They did three seasons, but the, the writer... Uh, the create writing creator made the first three seasons. He's, he's out. Uh, this new season is completely new people. Um, I, there's a good question. Why do they keep the true detective name other than to trick people and to be like, I really like that McConaughey one. Um, but it is not any of the people involved, uh, in that show, but it's still a similar premise in that there is uh, a mystery, a murder that needs to be solved and you, have to have cops do the work to find out who did it. And usually involving two cops that maybe don't like each other, maybe uh, oppose each other for some some reason here. So uh, in this one, uh, Jodie Foster plays a small town, small Alaska town police chief uh, on the uh, Alaska's northern coast, which uh, is where they have 30 days of night uh, during the winter. Uh, all the way up there, uh, you get... No sunlight, uh, starting like December something through January something. And, uh, of course, the, uh, dead bodies are found the first day of the, that 30 days. And so the entire uh, mystery will have to be solved, uh, without any sunlight. Um, but she, she ends up having to partner with a, a state cop who, uh, she fired from the, from the, uh, local PD, uh, who, is still kind of trying to solve a, a, a murder from five years ago that she can't let go uh, of, and, and she wants to connect it to this one. But um, yeah, in this one, there's a, a group of scientists in a like a science compound uh, that all go missing. Um, very much inspired by the thing, one of my favorite movies. Uh, you can even see there's a VHS tape of the thing on the shelf. Um, so it's you know they're very much going for that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I think it's really interesting. I don't know if it's going to, could ever be as good as season one of, of True Detective, but, um, I like these murder mystery one season shows. Uh, and I just do, I do like the setting. I think it's interesting, especially, uh, you think small town, you know, think like Oklahoma or something like this, but this is like a different type of small town, uh, where, you know, most of the people that work there are, you know, in mining and they're kind of, kind of rough people. Uh, and then, of course, it's, you know, zero degrees every day and there's no sunlight. It's just an interesting setting. So uh, I, I like episode two more than episode one. Uh, so if you watch episode one, you're like, I really hate this. Maybe episode two will be for you. But um, I'm going to stick with it. I like this kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's airing on uh, HBO right now. It's their big uh, winter release, I guess. Ooh. 
Very nice. Well, I guess I'll go into the one I've been watching that was with Andy, and it was a very interesting movie uh, called Freaky. And it was with, um, you know, Vince Vaughn is a serial killer or mur- axe murder, whatever you want to call him. He's a serial Just a killer. Jason Voorhees type. Yeah, I don't he's know. a killer. Him, yeah. And uh, the girl from, I don't know her name, but the girl from uh, Paranormal Activity is in it. The Catherine fourth- Newton. She's in more than Paranormal Activity. She's- well, that's where, she, that's where I know her from. That's where she started. When she was like 14, and now she's a real actress in a lot of things. But Yeah, but anyway, that's <laughs> Sorry. Paranormal Activity. I mean, when... Albert Pujols, you know, he started with the Cardinals before he went to the Angels. But anyway, uh, she's, like I said, I know her from Paranormal Activity, the fourth one. And she's, you know, it's the whole thing is it's making fun of, uh, or I guess sort of making fun of Freaky Friday where there's some little axe knife thing and it makes them, she ends up switching bodies somehow with this serial killer. So it's Vince Vaughn in a, What's supposed to be teenage high school girl's body, which, and then she's in a serial killer's body, so it's kind of, uh, kind of funny. But, uh, it was a good time to watch it. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good idea. Um, it's the same, I, same director as the, uh, uh, Happy Death Day. So just kind which of similar. It did idea. kind of remind me of Happy Death Day, like the way it was like, because I think that was also PG 13, right? Where it's like, it's not, or was Happy Death Day? I don't think either are. of these PG-13. Are they both are? I think so. I think there were some knives going in at the bodies and shit. Remember, you see you see Alan Ruck get like... That's true. Yeah, I guess there is some good violence. I guess that's right, because he gets with the saw, yeah, right? Yeah, what a rough life. And you even said, too, uh, that uh, they went through school way easier than they probably could have. But, uh, yeah, no, it was enjoyable. But it definitely did give me... Uh, like, I would definitely believe that uh, it was the same people from Happy Happy Death Day and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, enjoyable. I mean, I always enjoy those, like, kind of comedy horror movies where it is just over-the-top gore and then it's, it is, you know, funny, but it also does have its, like, um, like, kind of, like, you know, some sort of horror-ish to it, I guess, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, pretty uh, solid, you know, entertaining, to say the least. Uh, definitely, uh, I've come to figure out that uh, watching random horror movies at Andy's house is definitely... Like, that's where you find the good ones. Like, the fireplace one we watched a couple of weeks ago. I still <laughs> don't even know what I watched really back then, but it was it's enjoyable. But, um, yeah, that's all I've been watching. I, I do want to give an update here on, on Catherine Newton. Okay. She was in Parallel Activity. Uh, I guess she was in Bad Teacher before. Uh, but that was her first, like, lead role, I'm assuming, right? Because she was pretty much the lead role in that movie. But uh, since she's been uh, a little older here, she was in the movie Blockers. I like that movie a lot. That's funny. John Cena comedy, uh, Detective Pikachu. It's kind of a kind of a hit, uh, and then yeah, she was in the last Ant Man movie, so uh, kind of a flop, but still a big movie. Uh, but she also it was in uh, Big Little Lies. That was a mm. uh, so she's been a lot of things. Also, three billboards and, outside Ebbing, Missouri. Didn't that win like Oscars? It did, but I believe she plays the dead girl, so I don't think she was in it very much. Like <laughs> <laughs> she was in like a flashback. Hey, it's That's still on a, still on her resume. Yeah. Um, but I've seen this trailer. She's in Lisa Frankenstein. It's, uh, the next movie from Diablo Cody. Remember her from, uh, did Juno? She was a big name back in the day. I don't think I ever saw Juno. Um, and it's the directorial debut of Zelda Williams. Do you know who that is? It sounds familiar, actually. I feel like I've heard the name Zelda before for a girl, obviously. But I mean, like, for an actress, though, I think, too. She has a famous dad. Oh. 
uh, who, no longer with us. Um, Cat Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams. So. Oh, and she's already a director. I guess Robin Williams would have been like 70 something by now. Right. So she's 34 years old already, which is... How old would Robin Williams be if he would be like... So he died 10 years ago, he'd be 73 years old. Holy shit, yeah, he was 63 when he died, huh? Damn. Crazy thing, he was 63 in 2014. But, yeah, Lisa Frankenstein, I saw this trailer, it looks like a horror comedy, so, you know, my kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Probably have a review on it in a couple months, whenever it comes out. Yeah, freaky, I can recommend it. I watched it. It was one of those movies that came out during the pandemic, like one of the only ones that got yeah, released. Yeah, because you theaters. were saying you think it actually would have done better if it if that came out October twenty twenty two. I think I think it would have done pretty well. Um, not like uh, Oppenheimer or something. But oh yeah, of course. But, hmm. Yeah, definitely enjoyable. I mean, so, what? How much did it make? It made eighteen million at the box office total. So. <laughs> Released November 13th, 2020. I don't know if people were thinking too much about seeing a movie in November 13th, 2020. Yeah. But released on HBO Max July 28th, 2021. That is when I would have watched it. So, uh, All right. I've got one more. Close this out here. Uh, and this is a a made-for-TV movie. If they if you still qualify those, it's, it's hard to say. Like, there's so many. There's a streaming original movies. Uh, but back in the day, we had made-for-TV movies uh, that would air on, like... I mean, HBO still does them sometimes, but uh, this is a Showtime movie. So, I believe you have to... To watch it on Paramount Plus, you have to have the Showtime tier. And I don't know how all that works anymore. Uh, but this movie's called uh, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial. And it is a, a story that's been made into a movie multiple times, including other TV movies. Um, but it's based on a novel that was adapted into a screenplay. Um, and it is this... Uh, this version is based on the stage play in the 1950s, but uh, it's got some really good people in it. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Lance Reddick, R.I.P., uh, Jason Clark. Um, and it's the final film from William Friedkin, the, the director of The Exorcist. He was 80-something years old. He made this movie, and then he, he died uh, this summer. And so this came out, I think, October on, on Showtime. Uh, it's very good. It just It's good actors in a good story. Uh, about a uh, a mutiny on a on a, on a ship. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland is the the captain of the ship, and you know one of the younger people uh, relieves him of of command and takes over the ship. And now he's uh, being court martialed. There's a big big trial, and uh, it's just a good good courtroom movie. But it's military court, so it's a little different, and uh, you know twisted turns and everything. I I thought it's it's a really solid movie. You know, it comes in under two hours. Uh, but very entertaining. And yeah, Kiefer Sutherland's amazing in this. One of the best things he's done. I mean, he's, he's a good, solid actor, but I've never think of him as, you know, Robert De Niro or something, but I thought he was uh, excellent in this. Um, and then Jason Clark, who had, had a big year. He was the, he was the kind of, I want to say prosecutor in Oppenheimer. I don't know if that's the right thing. He was the guy grilling Oppenheimer whenever they uh, cut back to that stuff. Uh, and he plays the defense lawyer in this one. Uh, but, uh, it is it is very good, worth watching um, on Showtime if you have it. Uh, Kane the Mutiny Court Martial again. Very good. Well, right. did we lose Sean? <laughs> okay. No, I think that'll wrap us up for episode 360 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off Road Andy. Yes, thank you. 
And Tony Katz. Yes, thanks for listening. We'll see you later.